for that day. Amen. I'm excited because I know that my Lord and Savior and my Redeemer lives. Amen. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And I know that this is not my extended end. Amen. That I've got a home in glory. Oh, yes, it is mine. Oh, yes, it is mine. Amen. Amen. Some glad morning we shall see. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day, amen. I'm looking forward to a time when I don't have to worry about politics. I don't have to worry about all the injustices. I don't have to worry about finances. I don't have to worry about all that stuff. But I know that my Redeemer lives and I'll sit in the heavenlies worshiping around the throne of God, glorifying His name, lifting Him up because He is the everlasting, everlasting Father. Amen. Amen. Do you love Him this morning? Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn to somebody and say, you're at the right place at the right time. Amen. Turn to the other person and say, you look good this morning. Amen. All right. Well, I just want to remind you that next weekend, July 4th, we're having an a wonderful time of fellowship uh, next July 4th evening. Uh, I think we're starting at 
530, I'm, I'm looking for confirmation here. <laughs> 530, um, we'll have hot dogs and stuff like that. But we also have um, A&R food truck coming. They're a barbecue food truck, so we'll have barbecue. We'll have all that good stuff too. Um, we have we have a rock wall coming, so um, that way Amy can climb the rock wall. Come on. All right. We got, we got the kids' side and the adult side. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, we, we'll set up the slide. We'll have some horseshoes and some cornhole and some water fun games. It's going to be a good time. And, and, and at the end, once it gets dark, we'll have an awesome fireworks show. We'll have a good time with that. So I'm, I want you to encourage your family and friends to come, and let's just enjoy some fellowship. How many know it's important for the body of Christ to fellowship, right? It's the best ship to be on is the fellowship, amen? And so I think it's a great time for us to get together and hang out and enjoy that time. Also, I just want to remind you, uh, those who are in SWAT, July the 9th, uh, you are having an event. I think it's at uh, the pastor's house. And so um, I'll remind him and let him know. Uh, and it'll be, you guys, it'll be a good time there as well. College and career, there's a college and career hike on July the... That is not, I'm getting... I'm getting a word from the Lord from the front seat. All right. For my young adults, the uh, college and career class is having a hike that weekend, but the Tennessee um, Church of God Youth Department is actually holding a conference just for your age that weekend. But I believe the deadline, perhaps, I think it's tomorrow. So we need to know right away. It's Friday through Sunday at Signal Mountain Campground in um, Signal Mountain, you know, Chatt near Chattanooga. Cost is $65. You go up Friday night and you're home Sunday night. So it sounds like a great event, but they are postponing the hike due to that. So if you um, are interested, please let Brant or Billy or me and our pastor know as soon as possible and we'll direct you to the website to get signed up. Thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I can't call her some names, but she's my better half for sure. She's my better. The ushers are going to come. You might be seated for a minute. The ushers are going to come and give us an opportunity to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. I do want to remind you or to state again, uh, we're so thankful for your giving. We were able to raise the funds for the uh, commercial playground set. Um, so praise the Lord for that. Amen. $12,000. Thank you, Jesus. And so we are in the process of ordering that to, to be able to get that put installed. Uh, we, want, we want to have a safe place, a, a, a good-looking place, a place that will last for a long, long time that can honor our children amen how many know that uh, when you when you display the fact that you care for children it, it's an inviting and it invites them and invites parents to say that, that church cares about children and that's what i say about you you care about children because of your faithfulness and giving thank you so much for being a part of that amen thank you so much father we thank you lord for your gifts we thank you god for the for the privilege of being able to serve and worship you we thank you lord that your presence is real we thank you, God, that you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. And, Lord, 
I'm thankful, God, that, that everyone in this room, Lord, knows that they can count on you, that they can trust in you, knows that they can depend on you, that you will take care of them, Lord. And I pray that you'll bless every gift and every giver. Let us continue to be faithful to you just as you are faithful to us, God. We worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. this morning. Hallelujah. He is worthy. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Yes. Hallelujah. I was glad when they said, come and let us go into the house of the Lord. For there is joy in the house of the Lord. There is freedom in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who
of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We're going to shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We're going to shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We're going to shout. We're going to shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in His place, and we won't be quiet. We're going to shout out your praise.
We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We lift you up, God, for you are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are present in our everyday life, God, that you care about us. Thank you, Jesus. you. I just want to take this moment to lift you up for you are worthy and there is nothing in this room going on right now that is more important than you. Lord, there is nothing going on in this moment in our lives, God, that's more important than you. And Lord, I just want to take this moment to center my mind, center my heart to you. Lord, I want to look to you. I don't want to look around at anyone else or do anything else, God, but worship you, Father. For you are worthy, Lord. You are holy. Lord, you are seated above all things, God. And Lord, you said that all things are under our feet. 
Father, I lift you up and I just worship you this morning.
don't know if you caught that. The, the verbiage there is that he overcame. Some of you are looking at the Lord needing to overcome something. Some of you are stirred and struggling because there's something, whether it be in your family, whether it be in decisions that you're having to make right now, and you're, you're struggling with that. You're saying, Lord, I just need your hand. But when you think about what the Lord has already done, on the cross of Calvary, He made a way for you to have life and have it more abundantly. Look, the fact is, is that we're here to, to rob the enemy and populate heaven. Amen? We want to plunder hell and populate heaven. We want to see the king of darkness defeated in Jesus' name. And that is the desire of our heart, but we have to realize that Jesus has already overcome. He overcame the enemy. He overcame the power of darkness. And what we need to understand is we have to walk in that presence. We have to lift up His name. We have to glorify Him. The Bible says He inhabits the praise of His people. And when we begin to worship and when we get out of our element, it might not be a song that we know. Believe me, there's two songs that I don't even know. But you know what? I know the Maker. <laughs> I know who my Savior is. And I choose to worship Him. I choose to glorify Him. Look, in, in Honduras, in the middle of the jungle, when they broke out a donkey's jawbone with loose teeth, and that became the, the primary instrument in the church service, I still worship God. When they had five-gallon buckets and they had cut them in different sizes to give different sounds, and that was the drums, I still worship God. Because my worship is not based on the atmosphere that I'm in. My worship is based on the presence of a living and powerful Almighty God. I will worship Him. I will glorify Him. And in my worship, I will be an overcomer because He's an overcomer. Amen? I pray that, you're, that, you're holy, that you allow the Holy Spirit to bring you into His presence. Whatever chains may be holding you back, whatever distractions, whatever hindrance may have caused you to feel like you're not in His presence, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will repent of that right now. Say, Lord, I pray that you'll take everything that would hinder me, every distraction, every thought that would keep me from entering into the presence of God, and Lord, let my mind be in tune with your presence right now. We worship you, God, for you are worthy of praise, worthy of glory, worthy of honor, Jesus. Hallelujah.
We thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you've called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. We thank you, God, that you are so wonderful. God, that you are so holy, that you are so faithful. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are in this place. What a sweet spirit of the Lord right here, right now, God. And we just thank you so much that you love us so 
intently, God, that you love us so much. You care about every single one of us. You've called us to, to even cast our care on you, Lord. You've even invited us to be yoked together with you. Lord, I thank you so much for your love and your patience and your faithfulness and your kindness. And I pray, God, that you will be glorified in this house today, that your name will be lifted up. And, God, that we will make you the center of our procession, the center of our parade, the center of our life. God, be magnified. Be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, do you love him this morning? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. On New Year's, no, on Christmas Eve, he was supposed to go down and get a perisentesis. And if y'all don't know what that is, it's when your liver and your kidneys aren't working and they can't flush out the fluid. They put a needle in your stomach because you bloat with fluid to remove that fluid. That would always help his eyesight and his, his ability to talk and think and my son was the most smartest person I know, even to this day. And my mom's Bible study group has quilt ministry. And they made him a quilt. And see what these ladies do is they pray over this quilt, any quilt that goes out. And they pray. They all come together and pray. And my mom had taken it up to the hospital. This is all during COVID, so y'all understand I couldn't be with my son because his wife was there. So I had to stay in the hotel room. He kept saying, Mom, get out, get out. And I said, I can't in case you need me. I want to be here. But they took him down to do the paracentesis. His wife said, why don't we just lay this on top of you as you go down? And uh, they laid it on top of him as he went down to do the procedure. The doctors that were down there. I don't know if y'all know anything, but doctors aren't allowed to talk about religion or the wonderful God that we serve up above. But when he got down there, one of the doctors said, what is this? He said, it's a prayer blanket that my mamma made me. Mamma's Bible study group made me. And he said... He said, he was telling me about it, and he said, Mom, he said, I don't know what happened. The doctor asked if he could pray over me. 
And he was loud. And he was shaking all over. And I said, Ooh, Justin, that was the Holy Ghost. And come to find out, well, let me not get to that part yet. He got to come home Christmas Eve. Well, in October, we'd been talking, one of our many talks, talking about everything, talking about nothing, when we were together. And he said, Mom, don't you think it'd be great if we had a white Christmas? I said, that would be awesome, but I don't remember the last time we had a white Christmas. Well, on Christmas Eve, when he was coming home from the hospital, the same day, he gave his life to the Lord. I didn't know it. He didn't tell me. The Lord gave him a white Christmas. And I truly believe that. <laughs> we got him home. We gave him a couple of days to rest. And then we went over on the 27th and we took Christmas dinner. All the fixings. Except Justin had a special request of grilled shrimp. Which... I don't know where that came from, but we had some grilled shrimp for Christmas last year. And we all put chairs around his bed because he couldn't get up. He couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom. My son was 29 years old. And everybody went to fix to-go plates and clean up dishes. So it was just me and my son in there. And he said, Mom, now remember he's not thinking straight. He can't see very well. He said, there's something I'm going to tell you that's going to make you happy. I said, okay. And he goes, no, no. I don't want to tell you. And I said, I knew he wasn't thinking straight. So me being mama said, no, now that you told me it'd make me happy, you got to tell me. He said, I'm squeaky clean. It's all been washed away. And I said, I said, Justin, you have made me the happiest mama in the whole wide world. He went back in the hospital that night. And he passed on New Year's Eve around 2 o'clock. But, you know, I can stand up here. And even though I have lost my son. And yesterday was a really hard day for me. It's hard for me to get out of bed. Because we're flesh. And that's the flesh in me. 
but the spirit in me is jumping up and down and wants to praise the Lord because he was faithful in my circumstance. And a lot of people say, what do you mean he was faithful? Your son's not here. I said, no, but he sent somebody who believed. Sent somebody who believed enough, cared enough, took the time enough to lead my son to the Lord. Amen. And I know that I will get to see him again, which for the past year and a half, that had been a question in my mind on whether I'd get to see him again. So for all of you out there who have a situation, who has a problem, who has a child, At one point in time in my life, both of my children were addicted. I, and it's been a long road, but I'm here to tell you not to give up. Right. Not to give up. Press in because God is faithful. God is there for you. God will answer any prayer that you pray to him in earnest. It may not be what you want it to look like. It may not be what you expect. It may take you off guard. But he will answer the prayer that is perfect in his plan. Perfect in his plan. Because his plan is perfect. And he will be faithful every single day time you ask. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, you know, uh, I believe that that was for some folks in this room. Uh, somebody need to hear that. Somebody need to know that your son is never too far gone. Your daughter is not too far gone. God is able. He's able to touch them. He's able to reach them. Don't give up praying. Don't give up believing. Don't give up trusting God for your family. Amen. And sometimes, as the Word of God says, we live by, the, by the, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And sometimes we just have to share that testimony so that we can walk further too. And Angie, I'm thankful that you were willing to share this morning. I know I caught you off guard. But she had asked. She had asked previously. So I knew she was ready. And I'm praying for you and Randy. I love both of you guys. I'm believing for you. And uh, we're just trusting for your family. Amen. Thank you. Praise God.
Thank you, Jesus. Would you, maybe you have someone that you're believing for right now, and would you just lift your hand where you are right now? Can we believe for that son or that daughter or that spouse, that loved one? Can we just believe for them right now? Father, I just thank you, God, for this comforting word. I thank you for a testimony, a story of how your faithfulness was true and true. And I pray, God, that you'll just bring comfort and strength over this body right now. I pray that you'll bring hope into the lives of mothers and fathers and grandparents, God, that you'll let them know that you are a sovereign God. Lord, that you care about your children. You care and you've heard their prayers and you're faithful, Lord. And I pray you'll minister to them and bring them life, bring them encouragement and bring them hope. God, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know, He holds the future. And life is worth the living just because He lives. Can we do that one more time? Because He lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know, I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because. thank you jesus thank you lord we love you and we praise you we give you the glory in jesus name amen amen Whoo! i feel like i had church already amen <laughs> praise the lord praise the lord Praise the Lord. You know, I, I believe that we, we do everything out of relationships. How many, how many enjoy your relationships, right? Have friends, family, close workers that you have developed a, a bond with. It's important to have relationships. I, I, I love seeing all these kids, young people up here together. Uh, Stephanie, what in the world? Oh, you're one of the young people, right? And uh, they're, they're heading off um, tomorrow to head to youth camp. Many of them are. And I know they're going to have a phenomenal time. And, and a part of that, even that, is building relationships. It's being in the cabin with each other and, and um, you know, getting to, to be real and know each other. And, and, and I, it, it pains me at times because I wish that I could literally spend time with every single one of you. And it, it, it's hard as a pastor, because you want to have those close relationships. And, and I get to see you. I, I know about many of your stories, but the time spent sitting, drinking a cup of coffee or drinking a cup of tea or just hanging by, you know, uh, just hanging out, 
it's difficult and, it, and it's hard for, for me because, you know, I, I did a, a wedding yesterday and I was out, um, I don't even know the road y'all live on, Clyde Church, Cloyd Church or something, Creek, in the middle of nowhere. And I just, 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 I just happened to think, you know, I think Bonnie and Ray live out here somewhere. And I passed the road intentionally that I was supposed to turn on. I said, I think they're just up ahead. I just pulled in. And um, of course, the first time I pulled in, they wasn't there. So I sent a text to Ray. I said, Ray, can you come out and play? <laughs> and then after the rehearsal, I'd stop back in and, and spend a little time. And I, I just thought to myself, man, I just miss this. I'm, I need this. We need this. We need relationships. We need time to spend on the porch, whether it be picking and grinning or just talking about, you know, this and that, encouraging one another. It's important. Amen? We need each other. We need to encourage and validate and, and help each other along the way. Because, honestly, if we don't have relationships, when it comes time to be a part of the body of Christ and actually speak into somebody, we don't know them well enough to speak into them, right? And God wants us to have the relationship, the ability to speak into each other, the, the ability to be encouraged by one another, the ability to, to uh, how many understand that encouragement is not always just fluffy words. Encouragement might, might be to say, hey, brother, I'm, I'm concerned about what you're getting into and and I feel like there's something better for you. I feel like God has a different plan and I'm worried about the, line, the, the path you're taking. And those are encouraging words. They might not always be, be received as encouraging, but, but God wants us to have relationships. And, and I, I want us to, to read Matthew 21 and 9 and I'll try to be somewhat quick because <clears throat> I understand your crock pots might be on and all that good stuff and waiting on my invitation, but we'll talk about that after service. Matthew chapter 20, verse 9 says, The crowds going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When I look at that same passage in the New Living Translation, it says, Jesus was in the center of the procession. Jesus was in the center of the procession. You know, this is the moment when Jesus entered Jerusalem. Uh, this, some would call this the triumphant entry. Uh, literally, this was just moments before uh, he would be uh, betrayed, before he would be taken into captivity, before he would be beaten, before he would be crucified, all of that. But it was like a parade. It was like a procession according to uh, the New Living Translation. When, when I think about the timeline of our lives, when I think about the position of our life, my, my question comes back to, to this. Have I asked Jesus to be the center of my procession? Have I asked Jesus to be the center of my life? Because really the, the, the most important question or the most important answer to the question that we have is Jesus the Lord of my life? What is my relationship like with Jesus, because 
when we begin to talk about relationships, the most important relationship, as I tell even uh, couples before I do their premarital counseling, I say, look, this is a great relationship. This is an important relationship. But the most important relationship is the one that you have with Jesus Christ. Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Do you have a relationship with your Lord? Is Jesus the center of your procession, the center of your prey, the, the center of, your, of the timeline of your life? Do, do all other relationships that are in line with your life, are they orbiting around Jesus Christ? Is Jesus in the center? Good question, right? Think about that for a minute. Think about all the relationships you have. Think about all the people you engage with throughout the week and ask, is Jesus in the center of those relationships? Father, I pray, God, that, that for the next few moments that this word will give us wisdom and direction and help us to, to form and reform relationships that are centered around you and to be aware and understand how those relationships impact my everyday life and my eternity. God, give us wisdom in Jesus' name, amen. So this moment is when Jesus is entering in. They're shouting, Hosanna. Um, Jesus is in this parade, his procession. But, but even in the midst of this, there's controversy. There's, there's controversy breaking out along with uh, this great gathering of people, these relationships that are orbiting around Christ. They're in the front of him. They're beside him. They're behind him. They're shouting, you know, Hosanna, which means save us now, Lord, you know. And, 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 and yet even in the midst of that, there's some people who are there to attack. There's people who are there to resist what is happening in this timeline. For, for some of you, this is a picture of your life. This is a picture of how uh, your world is going right now. There's those who are aligned uh, with you. There are those who are committed and devoted to the kingdom of God, to the presence of God, to finding and seeking the face of God. But yet in the same moment, there are those who are opposed to that. There are those who are equally devoted and committed to resisting the things of God, resisting uh, what God is doing in your life. I remember as we, uh, I was sitting in a, a class at Lee University on Friday sharing with a group of students and somebody asked me about uh, the call of God on my life and how, how did it look when we went to Honduras. And I told him, I said, it was the most beautiful thing and it was the most horrible thing because there were those who were like, yeah, praise God, you're following God's plan. Yes, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for you know, being obedient to God. But yet then there were those. And, and surprisingly, it was the ones who were the closest to me who looked at us and said, are you crazy? You're taking four babies, two in diapers out of the country. You're, and, 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 and some of them being grandparents were like, are you crazy? You're taking my grandbabies, my only grandbabies? I mean, Kim's dad was so, um, so in tune with uh, making sure his babies were, were home that he built a house and he said the second floor, he didn't call me. He called Kim and says, I, got, I have a place ready for you and the kids if you need to come and stay with us. <laughs> we're pretty close now. <laughs> but there were those who were not on the same page. I mean, you know, I went to my, the church that I grew up in, the church that I got saved in, the church that, you know, uh, uh, set me forth into ministry and thinking that these people love me. 
These people, they'll get behind me. These people will be the ones who I'm sure will support me. And the pastor looked at me and says, I don't believe that's of God. Yeah. The same one who laid his hands on me to anoint me and, 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 and confirm the call of God on me was the same one who says, I don't believe that's of God. Oh, boy. <laughs> so you have to realize that there may be some conflict unfolding as you do your best to follow God, right? We can see this in Matthew chapter 21, verse 15. Uh, in the same context, in the same passage, it says, but when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done and the children who were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, it says they became indignant. Now, I don't know if they were indignant because the children were shouting in the church. I don't know. Or because of what they were saying. I believe it was because of what they were saying. Because notice how Jesus handles this situation in verse 16. He said to him, do you, do you hear? They said to him, do you hear what these children are saying? In other words, isn't it a beautiful thing to see when adults praise God? But how much more beautiful to see children raising their hands and glorifying God and, and, and praise coming out of their mouth. What a beautiful thing to see young people lifting their hands in worship. Man, what an awesome thing. I'm looking forward to seeing what God does in you guys this, past, this coming week, man. It's, 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 it's going to be exciting. But Jesus handled this way. He says, Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read? Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise or perfected praise for yourself. The, the New Living Translation says it this way. Haven't you read the scripture? Wow. You know, when I think about this, it is amazing to me that Jesus disarms the argument because the values have already been set. I mean, there's a whole lot of things coming against us and we need to have our values set. We need to have our focus. I mean, look, you, you can argue with me all you want to, but when I understand and know the truth of God, it's already set in stone. It's already concrete. You can't bend me. You can't turn me around because I already know that thus saith the word of God. Amen. You can talk all you want to, but this is God's word. And if it doesn't line up with God's word, then it's not what God's saying. Amen. Amen. They were wanting to argue the value of children praising God. And Jesus declares that God has settled it. Children are to praise God. Children are to worship the Lord. It really brings me to this point because you can't defend it until you define it. You can't defend something unless you understand how to define it. Uh, there was an old country song that said this way. Well, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. It's all right, y'all be all right. I mean, look, I, I get it because I'm, I'm not, uh, administration is not my gift. I thank the Lord over the years that having been in administrative roles that I've had great, phenomenal administrators working with me because I'm an ideas guy. I mean, look, I can see the picture of where we're supposed to be and I can tell you how it looks and I can tell you what it's supposed to look like, all that good stuff. But when it comes to the nuts and bolts, I'm lost, dude. I need help. Somebody said, amen. amen. <laughs> I realize that. And I realize that that's frustrating for some people at times. 
because I can cast a plan, I can cast a vision, but I need those who will come alongside of me to be able to walk me, walk with me through that plan, to help me to, with the nuts and bolts. That's just, that's just a fact. I mean, thank God for gifted people, gifted administrators. Thank God that, that there are gifts in the body of Christ. Amen? However, when it comes down to the values and when it comes down to daily living, I understand the importance of knowing God's word. You don't shake me on how I'm supposed to live for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen? I know what the word of God tells me. I understand a biblical worldview. And it's important for us to read the word of God. It's not just a historical book that we set on a counter and we talk about what God had done in the past. It is an actual living two-edged sword that gives us the power and encouragement to live out even today of what, it, because this is the tool that helps us to live a holy life before God. You know, if it, it, you see all these different stories of treasure maps and all these things and, 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 and these cute little um, cartoons about them going all out to seek treasure. But look, we have the greatest treasure in earthen vessels that, that we could ever imagine. And we have the, the code, if you will, to get there. It's a place called heaven. And it's walking around the throne of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. You can be Indiana Jones and you can seek out the, the golden city, but I've got a golden city. Come on. Streets of gold, gates of pearl, mansions bright. I don't know about you, but I, if, if I knew and guaranteed that that was what God has for me, that wouldn't you want to be a part of that treasure hunt? Amen. Amen. So, we have to begin to allow the Spirit of God to lead us and direct us in His Word to develop a, a, a value system that we, can, that we can truly define who we are in Christ Jesus so that when the world comes, that's the, that's the reason that the world's struggling. That's the reason young people are struggling today because they haven't seen the power of God, the anointing of God fall in this day, in this hour. I mean, I've... Um, and I'm going to pick on you because... Uh, she, uh, we gave out some packets to the children recently, and in the packet had a pencil, right, of the old youth group's name about, what, five years ago when you were in the youth group? Yeah, five, twenty-five years ago. I mean, <laughs> a few years ago, and she, she, she in, had endearment for that because she, it reminded her of the youth pastor and the youth ministry that was going on those days and how that youth minister brought life into your life and encouraged you and allowed you to have a walk of faith, right? Amen? Probably the same with you, Miss Betsy, right? And, and, and the thing is, is that they experienced a presence and power of God in those days. And yet, we wonder why young people are not connected as they should be. We wonder why people aren't connected to the body of Christ as they should be because we haven't experienced, we have not allowed the presence of God to move in who we are today. Amen? God, have a fresh move. Amen? God, move in us today. Let your presence and power move once again in the young people, in the adults, in the children's ministry. Let the power of God fall so that we can understand who you are. Amen? to allow God to define us through his word, through his truth. You know, you discover a lot of things 
there'll be a lot of things that you, that, there'll be a lot of things that you don't have to pray about when you know what God has already told you, right? You know, I've gone to so many people and say, hey man, you interested in this? And I say, right, let me pray about it. <laughs> you ever had somebody like that? Let me pray about it. Would you want to go and win some souls? Well, let me pray about it. What? I mean, the Bible says he, he, uh, those who win souls are wise, right? Well, I don't want to be foolish. So when we have an understanding, we, we have a defined life, a, a clarity of who God is and what he wants us to be, and we're walking with him as the center of our procession, we're not confused. There's so many who are walking in confusion, in a state of confusion, because they've not allowed God to define the value systems of their life set by the scriptures of God. Look, the scriptures are the sword of the spirit. When we think about it, we can use the scriptures to defeat the enemy, to defeat the lies of the enemy. We can use the scriptures to encourage, to lift up. We can, uh, the word of God tells us that we use it to correct and reprove, but we can also use it to defend the faith. Amen? We have to have the word of God. So let me ask you this question. What are your non-negotiables? What are your non-negotiables? If you were, if you understand that in any kind of a relationship that is successful, there are those, that, there are times that we have to compromise. I know that's a dirty word, compromise. But if you've ever been ma married, you understand that you've got to compromise. I, at least I got one, uh, you know, honest man around here. It takes compromise to have a good relationship. But at the same time, when I think about compromise, uh, in, in the times that I do premarital counseling, I encourage the couples to make a list of the things that are your non-negotiables. You know, we will, we will this, is, this is how I'm gonna live, this is how many children I want, these are, you know, we, we're gonna make this list. These are non-negotiable. Because when you get married, if you haven't defined those before you've gotten married, I'm sorry, right? Look, it's easy to get hitched, but it's very hard to get unhitched. I did that wedding yesterday. My, my dad, I called my dad on the way to the wedding. He said, he said boy, tie that knot tight. I said, absolutely. <laughs> what are your non-negotiables? I mean, when I think about church, look, as a body of Christ, we are in relationships with each other, right? And we have to define what are the non-negotiables. Sometimes I think, some people's non-negotiables are about carpet and about paint and about those things. But look, I could care less about that stuff. What my non-negotiable is, is that we will, we, we will be a church that follows Jesus Christ. Amen? So we have to even understand that even in this environment, do we let the things that do not have spiritual significance keep us from growing in Christ Jesus because we're too busy minoring in Majoring in minors instead of majoring in the major. Oh, me, right? He's meddling. Business. Whether, you know, I had a friend of mine who worked for, had a friend of mine who worked for uh, Allison Transmissions. And I'm sorry if, uh, if you're an Allison Transmission fan. But uh, he was, he was um, working in Michigan in, in one of, as a warranty officer for, for, Allison Transmission, and they had moved their plant to Mexico. And he said that he was getting tons of calls about, you know, the transmissions, you know, failing and parts messing up. And, 
and, and, and he reported it. And, and they tried to silence him. And he said, look, this is non-negotiable for me. He said, I will not sit here answering the phone call, telling people a lie just because they want me to. And so he quit the job. Look, if you're not going to walk in integrity, if you're not going to walk in ethics, then I don't want to be a part of it, right? Amen. They came to Jesus upset because of the praise and they were indignant that Jesus would receive praise. And Jesus looks at them and says, haven't you read the scripture? Haven't you heard the word of God? Haven't you picked it up? These were the spiritual leaders. These are the ones that were, should be led by the spirit. These are the ones that should be in charge. And yet they had not understood the scriptures. God help us, right? I pray that we are a church of relationships. I pray that we are a church. If you haven't developed relationships within the, in this local congregation, I pray that you will sacrifice time to make sure you're building relationships with the body of Christ because we need each other. It's important for us. That's why I enjoy small groups and I'm loving to hear the, the testimony out of small groups and the fun that's ha being had and the encouragement that's being uh, done and the singing that's happening in the prayer. It's wonderful. Praise God for that, right? Amen. However, as a church, we need to nav navigate relationships within the community, within other entities, and we have to have even non-negotiables as a church. Guess what? What is a non-negotiable? Well, look, we will be spirit-led. Amen? We'll be a spirit-led church. Spirit-empowered. Empowered. It says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I want to know that I know that this is a church that is led by the spirit of God. It's not about how the high notes sound or how the low notes sound or if we had this musician or that musician. What matters is, are we following the presence and power of God? Are we listening to the voice of God? Look, we can have all kinds of motivational speeches and they sound beautiful, but is the word of God being presented? Is the spirit of the Lord active in the church today? Amen. 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 I'm, looking for, I'm looking for the anointing of God that breaks the bondage and breaks the curse, that lifts people out of darkness, that opens the blinded eyes, that brings healing to the wounded heart. I'm looking for that kind of place where, where God is allowed to move, where people are unafraid to use the gifts of the spirit that God has put in every one of you. Every one of you have a spiritual gift. Be willing to be led by the spirit of God to use that gift within this body. Amen. Amen. Being spirit-led is not negotiable. Life-giving is not negotiable. We have to be life-giving. We have to be encouraging, encouragers of one another. I mean, God's given us the ministry of reconciliation. If there is animosity, this is what the Word of God says. If your brother has aught with you, it didn't say if you have aught with your brother, right? It says if your brother has aught with you, when you go to the altar, leave your gift there, go and make it right. And then come. Look, there are times when, when we misunderstand. There's times when we miscommunicate. There are times when we uh, don't get it right in our communication. But if we are the body of Christ and we have one head, one spirit, one Lord of them all, then we should be walking in step with the body of Christ. And if there's animosity, if there's struggle, if there's negativism, then we have to say, what is that about? Am I building up? Because if I'm life-giving, then, then I should be building up. Isn't that what the word of God says? Build each other up on your most holy faith as you pray in the Holy Spirit. 
When we come together, when you look at the gifts, it was for the unifying of the body. It was for the building up of the body. It wasn't for the tearing down. It was for the building up. And as our words, how often, look, I did a journal this week and, and I wasn't happy with myself. I did a journal this week and in my journaling, I started thinking, how many times have I been negative in my conversation? How many times have I, have I blurted something negative out? And I started checking myself. I said, God, that's not, who I, that's not who you've called me to be. That's not who we are. I'm here to join hands with brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm here to lift up fellow pastors and fellow churches. I'm, I'm here because souls need to be saved. I'm here because Jesus has called us to be one as he and the Father are one. And if I'm the negative force within our community or any fashion or any uh, relationship, then it's not right. God's called us to be life-giving. I mean, look, when we walk around in unforgiveness, you know what that does? It literally holds the person that we are not willing to forgive under the, the, the waters of their own trouble, their own emotional struggles, their own brokenness, until we drown them and say, I'm done with you. But when we forgive, we allow them to be set free. We allow them the opportunity to make it right. And we allow them the opportunity to get it wrong again. But the same grace that we want to receive is the same grace we should give. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about non-negotiables. We need to be need meeting. I'm thankful for a church I can go, that I can go around and say, man, thank you, God, for a church who loves meeting the needs in this community. Because when I look at the outreach ministries that we have, it's who we are. I told somebody that I said, this is who we are. It's not just that we have these things. This is who we are. We are Manna Outreach Ministries. Amen. We are God's closet. We are God's kitchen. We are Celebrate Recovery. We are people who operate in world missions. We, we love supporting Manning Thornton. We love supporting Alvaro Padilla from Belize. We love supporting Kingdom Bilingual Educational Center and, and, and Vessels of Mercy Clinic in Honduras. We love being a part of uh, OCC. We love uh, reaching out because we are an outreach church. It's who we are. It's not just things that we have. And you say, well, I'm not sure if I'm a part of that. Well, guess what? If you are giving into this church, you are operating a part of missions and you are allowing this body to be able to reach out into this community and impact the world. Amen. We need to be need meeting. Thank you, Jesus, right? So when we see people who are in need, we can say, hey, come to our church. They're a need meeting church. We need to be spirit led. We need to be life giving. We need to be need meeting. And, 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 and I'm going to end. I could preach for another 30 minutes, but I'm hungry. Somebody play this piano. I'm just joking. It goes back down to this. What are the non-negotiables in your home? I mean, what are the parameters you set for your daughter to date? Right? There's a scripture that I like to use. It says, um, <laughs> I love this. It says, 1 John 4 and 1, you must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. 
I know that's wrong context. <laughs> but you do need to set parameters. What is, what is your non-negotiables for, for who your children date? What is the non-negotiables for your home? You know, you know, if you're living under my roof, guess what? You're going to go to church. That was a non-negotiable for my mom. I was drugged. Every time that church door was on, she's dragging me in. You going, boy, right? It was non-negotiable. Paying tithe was non-negotiable. I'm thankful for a mom and dad who even in some of the most financial crises they went through, they continued to be faithful to God and God brought them out. And, and taught me, that in my first job at 14 years old, they taught me what it, the value of paying tithe. And thank God for that because God is always blessed and encouraged. What's others? What's some other non-negotiables in your family? Christian values. I want to instill Christian values in my children. I want them to know the word of God. I want them to, to know that, that when they're sick, we don't have to call the doctor first. We can pray first. Amen? I want them to know the, the truths of God's word. I want them to know who he is. You can start playing. Go ahead. These people are ready. The other side is, you know, I remember when we did foster care. We had some boys in our home and they were rowdy. They're teenage boys. They were rough. Love them. Man, thank God. It was such a wonderful experience to be able to pour in these young men. But I told them up front, I said, guys, you know, we'll, we'll, we're, we're on your team. We're here to support you. But I won't allow pornography in my house. So the first time I find pornography being displayed or sought after, it won't be my decision for you to leave. It'll be yours because you chose that path, not me. I tell you, they brought a whole lot of other stuff in the house. We had to set some parameters, some boundaries in our home. What non-negotiables do you have in your home? There was a lady who I was talking to, and she, she came to me and weeping one day. She said, Pastor, my children aren't in church. I said, well, let's pray about it. She says, it's my fault. I'm like, what? She says, for all these years, I've come to church, and I go home, and I sit around the table, and I bash this, and I bash that, and I trash this, and I trash that. And she says, basically, I've taught my children that church is unimportant. I've, I've taught them that they don't have to like it because I didn't like it. I made them unhappy in church. And now they don't come. And she sat there and wept, and I prayed with her. And I, and I thought about that as I was preparing this. I said, God, help me not to be negative about the church. Help me to not be negative. I'm, I'm, I feel like these guys can test to that. I, I, that I try not to bring church business, church hurt. And believe me, as a pastor, some of the closest people to you can be the, some of the ones that hurt you the most. And, 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 and I'm not trying to say anything bad. But in all of those situations that I've had, there's been some tough, tough moments, some people who have been very close that, that had a misunderstanding and it hurt. But I try not to bring that home to these because I don't want these guys to experience and walk through that because it's not about them. 
because broken people do broken things. I need to recognize that they're broken people and I love them no matter what. And so my home, one of those values is, is that I will not tear down the body of Christ. I will build it up. What are the non-negotiables in your home? Who are you, allows, who are you allowing to speak into you? Who are you allowing to, to invest in you? Because if you give somebody a voice, voices cause choices. Voices cause choices. And, and look, everybody has a view. That's the lowest level of relationship, right? Everybody can see what car you drive. Everybody can see how you dress. Everybody can you know, know where you work. Those are views. Those are minor relationships. Those are just things. Hey, got your new car, right? Cool. But it comes deeper when you give somebody a voice into your life. Because then you're allowing them to influence your decisions. And choices have consequences. Who are you allowing to speak into you? Who are you allowing to speak into your children and your young people? Because you're giving them a voice in your life. And the next level of relationship is a vote. Because when you, when you get married, you give them a vote, don't you? They're sitting on your boards. They're sitting on your team. You're giving them a vote of a part. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a big decision. I'm just thankful that Jesus gives us a veto, right? He is the veto. Maybe you've made some tough decisions. Maybe you've made some wrong decisions. Maybe you have, have not had the value system in your home that you should. Maybe you have not, you know, given your children the foundation that, that you feel like you should. And maybe, maybe all that's going on. But I love the, the last part of that scripture it says this in Matthew 21, 31 in that same context because this, this, is, this will help you. It says, truly I say to you that the tax collectors and the prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. And then verse 32 says, for John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did believe him and you seeing this did not even feel remorse, quote, repentance afterward so as to believe him. Hey, there's a way out. There's a way to turn the ship around. Repent. Look, I think the, the best, and look, you're look, I don't get everything right. Y'all know that, right? I know you do. You know, you, you've, you've, I've been here eight months in a COVID year. Y'all know now. But I think the, the thing that has helped me in my relationships with my kids is to be able to say, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I, I, I was mad. I did that out of anger. And I need you to forgive me. Not that what you did was right. But what I did was wrong. And I need your forgiveness. I don't know where your relationship is with your family. Maybe you have a son or a daughter like Angie who had strayed. There's still hope. 
there's still opportunity. There's still a moment where you can reach out to them. There's still a moment where you can set the values and you can show them and you can live out a non-negotiables with your children and say, hey, I love you so much. And this is the boundaries that I've set and I care because I want you to see you. I want to see you prosper. I want to see you not just wealthy on the side of the world. I want to see you in heaven with me. If that's you this morning, say, Pastor, I need, to, I need to make some things right in my home. Would you raise your hand right now? I need to make some things right in my home. I've, I've not had the boundaries that I should. And I've struggled in the relationships, but I want to make them right today. It's all right. Yes. 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 Would you stand right where you are? And if those around you would put their hands on you, we're going to pray right here. Go ahead and let's stand. If you raise your hand, would you stand right where you are? It's all right. With some of those around you right now, would they? Would you just reach up, touch them? Let's pray. Let's encourage one another. I know I don't get it right every day, but I'm asking God for His grace and His mercy, just like you are. Father, I pray, Lord, as these who have been honest with evaluating and and looking into their family and their life, recognize that there's things that they could do better. And Lord, I pray that today, God, as we stand here before you, that we can say, God, I need you. I can't get this right without you. And I'm asking you to lead us into your path of righteousness. I'm asking you to direct our steps. I'm asking you to, to I'm surrendering today to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, I'm, today I'm declaring that I want you to be the center of every relationship that I have with my children, with my coworkers, uh, with, my, with, my, with every relationship that I'm in. I want you to be the center. I want you to be number one. And Lord, today we release that to you, God. We, we pray, I ask God for forgiveness. If we have made wrong decisions, God, I recognize wrong decisions and I ask you, God, to cleanse my heart. I ask you to renew me. I ask you to, to, to help me to rebuild relationships. I ask you to help me to, to, to reach out, understanding that if I recognize that there's an alt against me, that I will go to that person before I come to this altar. And I'll do my best to make that right. Lord, I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Would you stand? Let's all stand together. Amen. Sammy, come down here and pray us out, man. Sammy. I'm sorry. I forget there's two or three Sammys here. Sam. Sammy, that would do that way. Love you, buddy. Appreciate his blessings. Yes. Gracious Heaven, Father, Lord, we thank you for this time, God, that we have come together. Lord, I thank you for your presence, God, your anointing, God, that's been here. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. 
Lord, when we think it's all over and the end has come, Lord, you said the time, God, that you step out. And God, you show us who you really are in our lives. And we thank you for that. And God, I'm asking you right now, Lord, that you'll go with each and every one of us here today, Lord. God, that you will be with us, Lord, that you would help us, God, to encourage us, Lord, that we can be better Christians throughout the week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.